Welcome back for another episode of the Leader of Learning podcast. This is where educators can come to find inspiration to transform education through effective leadership. I'm your host, Dan Krinas. Let's get started. We're not worried about a challenge. We look at it, you know, square in the eyes and say, bring it on. Let's, let's do this. And then we work tirelessly to try to figure it out. Hey, Leader of Learning, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Dan Krinas, and this show is a member of the On Podcast Media Network. I want to wish all educators out there a happy Teacher Appreciation Day, happy Teacher Appreciation Week. And I know I'm a little bit late, but the reason I say that is because I'm going to do something in, in this episode that I've been looking forward to for a long time. I want to have some fun, and I decided to bring on two of my former teachers. And this is my way of showing them some appreciation, but also I really just wanted to hear from them. Sharon Foreman and Margaret Fox were not only a couple of my middle school teachers, but they are also some of the teachers who meant the most to me, whose classes I have the fondest memories of, and really struck me even as a student as teachers who connected with their students and really made their classrooms fun and engaging. And they're still at it. We reconnected a couple of years ago on Twitter, and we've even partnered to do some professional development back in the district where I attended as a student. And it's been really great catching up with these two amazing educators. We got to talking about education, about what it takes to continue to have a growth mindset even later in an educational career. And also, of course, we talked about, well, me as a student. Please take a listen. All right, everybody, I'm about to do something that I have waited a long time for, and, and I think it's going to be awfully fun, and that is to bring in two of my former teachers and amazing educators in their own rights. And like I said, I think I got this idea probably a couple of years ago when I reconnected with these teachers, and recently, I think we reconnected even more, and, and I helped with uh, leading a podcasting PD in the district, and I said, you know what, now's the time. We got to get these teachers on. So I'm first going to bring in my seventh grade math teacher, Sharon Foreman. Thank you for joining us. And if you could just uh, introduce yourself a little bit more in terms of uh, you know what your role is in education and all that. Absolutely, Dan. And thank you for having us on your podcast. And thank you for coming back to Mayapac to join in part of our PD. Um, as you said, it's awesome to reconnect with you. Um, I've been teaching in Mayapac for 32 years. That's exactly where I started. The first 29 years in Mayapac, I taught math um, to our students at Mayapac Middle School and Mayapac High School, and I've spent the past three years as instructional support for mathematics, K-12 to in the district, which I absolutely enjoy that job. That's awesome, and congratulations on the lengthy career. And I have to say that I'd be remiss if I did not say to both of you that you definitely do not look like you've been teaching for 30 plus years or around 30 years. Come on now, come on, that's, that's crazy. Uh, anyway, I would also like to welcome in Margaret Fox, who I we just talked about the fact that I had the pleasure of having twice as a teacher, and we sort of looped together. She was my seventh grade astronomy teacher, uh, just so the listeners know. Oddly enough, because how many schools really have this, our middle school had a planetarium where the students were fortunate enough to learn about the constellations and the stars and all that stuff. And so uh, Mrs. Fox taught the astronomy class. And then I had her again in eighth grade as my content area science teacher. So 
welcome to the show. And, and what about you? What, what have you been doing in the education world? Oh, well, thanks, Dan. It's really great to reconnect with you. I think our first reconnection was on Twitter, and that was a lot of fun to see you there and uh, see you know, following all of your podcasts and the things that you've been doing. Well, I've been at MAPAC my entire career. It's my 29th year of teaching. I started out teaching sixth grade in this course called English Technology and Communications. It's called ETC. Did that for a year or two and then taught astronomy and then taught science content. Know, physics and chemistry and you know general science and things like that. Um, pretty much been kind of status quo for, until about 12 to 14 years ago, where then we really instituted a looping program in our school. So now I'm teaching seventh and eighth grade, back and forth, back and forth. And that's been um, really amazing, um, especially when it comes to creating relationships with kids. I mean, it's been it's an awesome thing. And um, in the last couple of years, I've been teaching some what we call TTTs, Teachers Teaching Teachers, where I can take some of the things that I've been learning about differentiation and, and integrating technology and, and kind of putting it out to the to the district to teachers who want to participate. That's awesome. And, and uh, I'm intrigued uh, to hear about the looping thing that, that Mayapak is doing and, and that you seem to be a fan of it. So I think that's really cool. And, and what I really love about the fact that I've reconnected with you guys, and I would like to talk about this a little bit more in a few minutes, is the fact that both of you, you know, even when I would normally think, and I don't mean to like, I guess stereotype too much, but I would think that teachers toward the end of their careers, teachers that have been around for a while are like, I just want to be left alone and do my thing. But you guys are really giving back and, you know, whether it's helping colleagues or, or, you know, at a district level, um, providing professional development and really uh, leading that charge. I think it's awesome. And and that was one of the reasons why I was excited to talk to you guys too. But before we get there, um, you know, I want to say that, that definitely my, high school and even my middle school years were really enjoyable. Um, I did really enjoy my time as a student in the district. And, you know, sometimes my wife and I joke, like, if you could go back, like, where, what sort of era in your, in your schooling would you go back to? And she says, without a doubt, I would not want to go back to middle school or high school. I would totally just want to go to college. And, and college was great. Don't get me wrong. But I really loved my time there. And I guess the thing is, like, when I think about middle school, which is when I had you guys as teachers, there's not much that that I remember, so to speak, about those years. It is awkward. You know, I mean, I've, I'm a career middle school educator myself at this point, and those years are just so awkward. And, and I remember going through the, the growing that everyone's going through and stuff. But in terms of being a student... Um, I don't remember a lot. I mean, I, I kind of remember your classes and I, and I guess what excites me about reconnecting is, is that you guys are definitely the teachers who I remember the most. Is there anything that you remember about me, even if it's embarrassing? <laughs> like, I don't know. Did I, I mean, I feel like I was probably kind of a, a fly under the radar sort of student for the most part, but I don't know. What, what would you, what would you say? I would say that you were a little fly under the radar kind of student, but you were a good student and you wanted to learn. And sometimes, as most middle schoolers do, you get sidetracked here and there. And um, it was my pleasure to kind of rein you back in when those kinds of things happened. I think what I remember most is that you were humble enough to accept those kinds of conversations and want to better yourself because of them. And so um, that I, I appreciated, as a, especially as a new teacher um, when I was teaching you. But as a human being, because really, you know, it's out of love and support that teachers want to set their students on the right path. And so for overall, I thought, you know, you were a terrific, humble, you know, wanting to learn kind of student. Yeah, you know, and and I will tell the story that you told, but you were extremely respectful always. 
you know, and that just speaks volume as it is. You you were quieter, right? But we all knew who you were. And like you said, right in the beginning on the first day of school, there was three Dan's in the math class, right? So everybody's going to have a name, Dan something, and there were two Dan K's. So what I always do is like, well, you've got to have a different name because you're not going to be Dan because that's just not going to work. So you're right. We called you, hey, you. (laughs) And it stuck all year. And you were okay with that, you know, and we do that with a lot of kids, especially in middle school, like just a different type of connection right away. And you remember that and and it stuck with you. So, but I just think, you know, Margaret's right, you were humble, but the respect part, you always, it just, it just sticks. Well, I think, and I I appreciate that that you guys say that about me, but I think there's a reason behind that, and, and I'll get to that in a second. But um, I love that you told the the hey you story, and um, you know Margaret, when you mentioned like you, sometimes you had to rein me in, those are the things that meant a lot to me from your classes. And yeah, I mean, middle school is just so awkward. And, and I, you know, everybody's trying to find themselves as a student, right? And I think that that's what I was going through too. And, and there were definitely times that I can remember in Mrs. Fox's class where she pulled me out into the hallway and she's like, oh, we got to uh, settle, settle down a little bit. And yeah, that, hey, I guess, I guess it is what it is, but I did settle down and uh, I think everything was okay. But I think the, the humility and the respect came from the fact that, you know, you guys, and we, we spoke about this before we hit record, you were both pretty pretty much in the first few years of your careers at that point and still trying to figure things out as teachers, as educators. But I think if, if I can remember back that far as a student, I loved the fact that I knew that you were serious and passionate about what you were teaching, but you were also really serious about those connections you had with the students. And and we could see that connection that you two had with each other, which I think was really special as well. And and I'm not sure, um, I, I don't I don't know how that even came about. That'd be an interesting story to tell, but I don't know. I, I and, and actually, uh, Margaret, I don't even remember whether or not you became Mrs. Fox uh, while I had you or just after, but I know for a while it was Gluck and it was like mm-hmm. the Gluck and Foreman kind of team there. And that was, I guess it, it just really spoke to the kinds of connections that you guys were making with your students, but that also you had that, that friendship there where the two of you were like playing off each other a little bit too. Yeah. Well, you know what? I think there's truth to the phrase birds of a feather flock together. You know, and so you do, especially as a new teacher, you do tend to seek out those people with those common core values that you think you have as a teacher and as a person. And so finding Sharon was very easy because she was right there doing those silly things that I wanted to do. And um, we just kind of hit it off that way. And so I think that it really made a big difference in kids' education when they knew that, that we were together and we could almost tag team and have conversations with kids at different times. And I think that's very powerful. Um, yeah, and it, and it was great. You know, we we both value education, right? We both had respect for our students, but it was, we were crazy, right? But we could rein everybody back in. So every student saw the fun and, you know, we got lucky. We connected right away, Margaret's first year teaching, and we, we're still teaching. Even to this day, even last year, I think we taught teachers together. So it's, we do, we have the same core values. We have the same beliefs. We believe in people. We believe in students. You know, we're real, we're trustworthy and we're crazy and like to have fun at the same time. Right. And I think you need to be the whole person. And and I love that our students saw that too. So Sharon, you mentioned how you guys were 
the the you know fun loving you use the word crazy that that's okay um <laughs> but you know you were you were fun teachers and and i can attest to that as well i i really uh, you know, I appreciate that about you, even as a, as a student, and especially now looking back at your, you know, my experience a long time ago in your classes. Uh, like, I, I guess my question is, if you could think about and maybe put into words how how it did seem to come easily or naturally to you guys in terms of building those connections with students and just making learning fun in whatever class it was in, whether it be math or astronomy or science. I think that um, it kind of goes to the idea that Sharon and I, I don't believe, ever just taught a content area subject. We taught children. We taught human beings. We, we did that through some content. And so when you go with that premise and you teach from the heart and you truly believe in your heart that every single student can succeed and it's your job to figure out how to help them do that, the fun just comes naturally. You know, you just, uh, the kids relax, you relax, and you can um, just be able to be yourself. You know, and when we talked earlier, Dan, about reining you in, I don't ever want anyone to think that you are so off the wall that when you say rain in, you might mm-hmm. think, oh, he was off the wall. No, I just saw more in you than you were giving. You were still, you were a great student. You did what you needed to do and you would have preferred to fly under the radar. But I didn't think that would be, I would be doing a disservice to you if I allowed that to happen. And so you take those moments and you have those conversations to say, hey, you can be, you can be better than this. And so, you know, by reining in, I want your, you know, your listeners to understand that it wasn't that you were so off the wall. Um, no, you were just a regular kid just trying to do their best. But, you know, I saw more in you than, than you saw at, your, at, you know, at the time. And that's exactly what it is. You know, you need to say that we teach students and people first. And if I think about, you know, in my high school years, when I went to high school, my math teachers saw qualities in me that I didn't see, right? They believed in me and they had confidence in me. And I think, that's why I went into teaching, especially math, to do the same thing, right? We believed in you, and we always believed in all of our students. And you look for those qualities, and you, and you focus on people's strengths, and you bring out qualities that you might not see in yourself. And once you do that, again, it's easy. It's about teaching people, not, ne- not necessarily mathematics or science, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Margaret, I think you're right. Like I, I wasn't, you know, a, a wild child by any means. I wasn't like really misbehaving, but um, I knew, and, and I knew too, you know, I think that's the thing. Like I knew that I, I probably wasn't given as much as a student. And actually um, when I had Sharon in seventh grade math class, I, I believe if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe that in, in that district, seventh grade is when students can really start getting into like an honors track in their classes, yes. or at least when I was in the middle school, they could. And, and I was bummed. Uh, I was really disappointed that I didn't get into honors math that year. And uh, so I could, and I don't quite remember uh, what, you know, what my grades were like or how successful I was in math, but I'm sure I did pretty well. I could have easily just been like, screw this, you know, like I didn't get into honors math and, you know, whatever. But of course, you know, having a, a supportive teacher, a teacher that I liked, a teacher that uh, like like both of you guys did, you know, pushed me to my, you know, to, to understand my potential, my ability and say, this is where you need to be and I'm not going to settle and you shouldn't settle for anything less. I, you know, I, I appreciated that even then. I think my mom would say she appreciated it even more. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that that's, that's just what needed to happen. And so um, I guess I also wanted to come back around sort of sticking with that point like I think when you guys work now with with teachers I alluded to this a little while ago about the fact that you know it would be easy for you to say 
I've done so much. I'm just going to sort of coast and, you know, get set in your ways and be comfortable, but you're not, you're, you're pushing the envelope still, uh, several years later. And, and whether that's in your own classroom or, uh, trying to get teachers to, to embrace change, embrace technology, all this stuff. And I guess we could even bring up now the fact that, uh, we're in these unprecedented times with distance learning. And so really, I guess my question to you is how has it been easy for you guys to embrace change throughout your careers in education, but also to help others as well? You know, I think we're both, actually, I think all three of us are lifelong learners, right? We always want to learn. We always want to grow. We always want to be better. So as changes come, we embrace them. It's a chance to learn more, to better ourselves. And we just take it and fly with it. You know, I think, and you talk about all the time sharing with other teachers and whether we're teaching other teachers or sharing with other teachers, you learn just as much. You know, when Margaret and I run TTT classes and we're teaching together, we're the facilitators, people will say, but I think we're learning just as much as everybody in the class. So, you know, although right now this distant learning is brand new for everybody, I'm sure all of us are taking the opportunity to webinars, podcasts, Zooms, to learn as much as we possibly can so that we can turnkey it and support our teachers. We love to learn, right? It's it's just another opportunity. And when life does get back to normal, now we'll just have more tools in our toolbox that we can use. Yep. Couldn't have said it better myself. You know, we just, we really um, embrace the change. We've always been that way. We're not worried about a challenge. We look at it, you know, square in the eyes and say, bring it on. Let's let's do this. And then we work tirelessly to try to figure it out once we decide we're going to do something. I mean, there have been many times that Sharon and I have been trying to figure things out and we're we're together at 1130 at night, you know, doing our calls together, just trying to figure it out, figure out how to break down things so that teachers who want to learn some things, we can help them do that. Um, it's exciting. It's fun. That's cool. And um Again, I think that uh, it would be easy for for someone in your position and and, uh, with your expertise to say, you know, I'm going to go on and do my own thing. But that's great that that you still find fun in it. And, um, you know, I think because I think there are plenty of people out there who consider themselves at least to be lifelong learners, but they don't have necessarily that passion to support other teachers and have that abundance mentality to give what they know over to others. It's it's very much, you know, because they, they could keep learning themselves, but not actually let that, you know, let that come across uh, to anybody else. But um I think you guys are doing that and, and, and it, it, it's really cool. You know, I don't, I don't get to see it as a student or, or someone who works in the same district, but we are connected on social media and, and I know what you guys are doing there. And I, I think that's awesome. And so I guess what I'm wondering is like, when did that part of your role in your school and as an educator come about that, that you sort of felt like now you're a leader and, and you could start really supporting others and, and giving back in more of a coaching, mentoring, leader kind of role? Because I know that we, we talked already about the fact that you guys were fairly early on in your careers when I came through as a student. Um, and I wouldn't have probably seen that anyway as a student, but now I, I know that how much you guys are doing to support your schools, your teachers, your even your district. Was there a reason or a moment or anything you can kind of point to or think like, you know what, that's when it really hit me. 
That's a tough question. I'm going to say mm-hmm. that. It's a tough question. The visual, really- the visual I have in my mind right now is kind of like a wave coming into the uh, shore. And you have this water that's out there and all of a sudden starts to build and it builds and it builds and then kind of it crashes. And so for me, I feel as though there have been people in my life that have done similar things for me that I have done for my students, like seeing things in them um, that they might not see themselves. And there have been people in my life who have done that. My former principals, Sharon, other educators, family members. And so you start to say to yourself, I don't think it's a flick of a switch. Oh, today I'm a leader. You know, I don't think that's how it works. I, I think it's. Do you think then that there might be like a. Um... I don't know, maybe a certain amount of years into your career or, you know, some time frame that you, you naturally gravitated toward more of a leadership role or not necessarily? No, I don't, I don't think so. I think, you know, I know Margaret and I have always done what we thought was best for students, right? And we're just constantly just trying to learn and share. And then as you start to do that, you know, even from the teacher perspective, more and more students come to you, not just for math or for science, but for real life. And then more teachers come to you for what maybe it's teaching, right? Maybe it's how do I control my class? Maybe it's something along those lines, or maybe it's personal. And then you'll notice the administrative team start to have more trust in you and ask you questions, you know, and fortunately, our school has programs where we do have teachers teaching teachers. But again, I don't know if I still said this is a leadership role. It's what I felt, and I think we both felt, it's what's doing, you're doing the right thing. You're just sharing with other people, right? Um, I think that, um, I think that you guys are being a little too humble, but I also think that part of, (laughs) I also think that part of your struggle in answering this question is because you've pretty much always done this. Um, I think I've told the story on on the podcast before, but for me, I can point to uh, after my third year as a classroom teacher, I was an ELA teacher in the Bronx, and I don't, I didn't really see this in myself, but for some reason, mostly toward the end and after that school year, I can vividly remember colleagues and especially my assistant principal. We had a really large school, so each assistant principal was basically responsible for um, like three three grade bands. So we had a, a, a sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, like a middle school principal, but he, she was really the assistant principal. I remember her saying, this third year of yours, you really, you know, like you flick the switch and you, you really, you're in it now. And I, I don't know, uh, I guess I feel bad about those first couple, of, those first two <laughs> years, um, but there was something that happened in my third year and I can't really describe it. But after my fourth year in the classroom is when I was offered, you know, I was given the opportunity to start coaching teachers. And, and that was really my first opportunity to uh, be more of a leader with a title, so to speak, in, in my school. And so, um, I don't know, I guess it just came with with my own comfort level and confidence. Um, it's probably not not a coincidence that I was finishing my first, you know, I, had, I had probably just finished my first master's degree and I didn't have that um, extra added responsibility outside of school. But I don't know, I, I guess it's just when I started you know, really sharing and and coaching and supporting other teachers more. And I didn't really see it, but I guess other people did. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, it's, you know, it's nice when other people see it in yourself and they point it out. Um, and I, I think you said it early on too, like Margaret and I were lucky. We both started around the same time and we just hit it off. So immediately, you know, whatever we did, whether we went to the gym, we were still talking about teaching and learning and kids and family. It it was natural, right? 
So I think for both of us, this is all we know. Share what you know, right? Bring other teachers on board and continue to learn. I don't know. Yeah. No, that's that's awesome. And again, I just think that speaks to uh, how much of yourselves you guys have given to the profession, but especially to your students over the years. And, uh, you know, I, I think I think this is a cool way of, of me helping to like give back to you guys, I think, a little bit. But um you know, it, it does mean a lot to me that, that you've given us this time here, that you come on my show, but even more that we've been able to now reconnect and stay connected for the for the past few years. And, and I hope we will continue to. And I, I guess if there's anything maybe that you think you could leave me or my listeners with in terms of, um, you know, advice or tips or tricks about, uh, you know, having long careers in education and, and uh, you know, continuing to find that uh, that passion that that Margaret spoke about before, like we just we just love doing it. We do, we do just love doing it. Yeah, I think I think, um, I think the most important thing is to teach from the heart, you know, um, and and be the person that will say whatever you're going to say to students, and know in your heart that you would say the same exact words to a parent or the same exact words to an administrator, um, and you have a pure heart, and you're teaching for the for the good of the human being in front of you. You really can't go wrong. You know, if you always do things that's right for your students, everything else will fall in place. And you may have to work hard and work around the system a little bit sometimes, but it can happen. And, and that's where that respect comes from and, and that trust. Kids know you have their back and that's key. Yeah. And, and you're right. You know, teach from the heart and treat everybody exactly the same, whether they're your children at home, your husband, your parents, your students everybody, you're going to be the exact same person, no matter where you are. And I think as teachers, it's important to remember, like never give up on a kid. And you never know the impact you had on them. Because look at how many years later, we connected with you. And honestly, you know, I I wouldn't have known there's, there's so many kids. Yes, we know the influence we have on them. But most of them know. And just from reconnecting on social media, and having the fortunate, you know, we talked and now we're on your podcast and you gave back to Maya Peck. You never know. You never, ever, ever know. So, you know, be true to yourself and be true to your students. Yeah, that's what I was going to say too. You know, when, when we did reconnect and then uh, I helped out with the training for the district a little while back, I said too, you know, as, as an educator myself and, and especially a middle school educator, students go off to high school and then college maybe or, or careers and you may not hear from them again. And and it's not even so much about what impact you had on them. It's just about how they turned out. Uh, and so, you know, that that's why I'm, I'm really glad that uh, that we have reconnected. And, uh, you know, I, I think that I probably, I, I'm trying to think back to middle school. I, I don't know that I was 100% like I want to be a teacher yet, but it was around that time, uh, especially because that was when I really started getting into music. And, and I went, ultimately, I, I went to college initially for music education. And so I, I definitely would not have even thought then that that you guys would have had that kind of impact on me. Um, but I think looking back, maybe yes. I mean, I, I probably would have tried to go into education regardless. But um, but knowing what I know and, and especially experiencing what I did in terms of having those teachers who, like Margaret just said, really, really eloquently, like they, they got your back. They're going to do whatever they, they're going to do for you no matter what because they see something in you and they're going to push you and make sure that you're successful. Um, 
that that had to have stuck with me, you know, throughout my, you know, getting into education, uh, and, and then now, uh, 14 years later, uh, and five, five schools. I think that I think I'm in my fifth school now. I've jumped around a lot, but that's okay. Anyway, I really have so much love and respect for you guys. And uh, I don't think it's probably not a coincidence that we have reconnected the way that we have. And and certainly that that you guys are on the show now. Um, it, it definitely speaks to the fact that uh, you guys gave me such great experiences as a student. And and that I think I think Sharon said this, that all three of us uh, have that lifelong learning aspect in common. And we come at education in such such similar ways. And um that can't be a coincidence, no. right? So anyway, no. thank you guys so much. I really appreciate your time. I love the fact that we've reconnected. Uh, good luck with everything that's going on right now, distance learning wise. But then of course, um, you know, the end of this school year and into next school year and whatever else the future holds. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Dan. Well, that'll do it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't done so yet, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast app. Also, if you enjoy the content shared on the show, please recommend this podcast to other educators, leaders, friends, or anyone you think would love listening and learning. I would also appreciate it if you would leave a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or whatever podcast app you use to listen. For more information about me or this show, head over to leaderoflearning.com. While you're there, you can also find the Leader of Learning blog, how to connect on social media such as Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Voxer, sign up for our newsletter, and even find out how to purchase Leader of Learning merchandise. Thanks again, and remember, no matter who you are or where you are, you too can be a Leader of Learning.